Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see everyone here today. Man, I love this time of year. My favorite time of the year is fall. All the colors out there, I get God just breaks out his paintbrush. You know how it goes. Yesterday, I, it took a little bit of time, and, and uh, we worked on the yard some, and uh, we got a, an old snapper lawnmower. I mean, an old one. And uh, Miss Teresa gets on that thing, stay out the way. I mean, she is like war factor 10. It's like she's doing donuts in the yard. I got big, if you see my grass, it's got these hoop marks on it where she's whipping that thing. I thought, I was about to tell her, it does have lower gears and a lower speed. You don't have to do it that fast. Leaves, sticks flying everywhere. I said, get out the way and let her go with it. But anyhow, we're glad you're here this morning and, and uh, we're going to continue on. This will be the, the, the ghost stories, the finality, so to speak. And we're going to be talking about the inside track today. Before we do that, I want to put a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for everyone here. Lord, for those that are present in this room and for those that are watching another time or possibly online right now, Lord, we're asking you to bless them. I ask you, Father God, give me the recall that I need. Give me the words, Father God, that would minister life to this group today and those that would be hearing in the, afterwards, Lord. We ask your blessings upon this service. We thank you for the worship we came through. We worship you. We praise you. You are the Lord God Almighty, and no one but you deserves it. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you ever had some, some, somebody, maybe you worked on a team or something, or, or perhaps it's just somebody that, uh, that you were talking with, and, and, and you had the inside track, or they had the inside track. And by that, I mean they had an advantage. They knew something you didn't know, or you knew something they didn't know. Uh, there's, a, there's a young man I see quite frequently. He does not go to this church. I don't think it's anyone here. In fact, that he don't even live in this town. But when I see him, he'll always, he'll engage conversation about the Bible that he don't know anything about the Bible much, you know. And so he'll say, he'll, he'll be talking to the guy standing here. He said, well, he said, the book says this, the book says that. He never calls it by, he always says the book, the book says this, the book says that. He says, isn't that right? Isn't that, he looks at me. I said, well, <laughs> it's a matter of which book you're looking in here. I said, that's not exactly the way the Bible says it. And then I kind of, you know, because, you know, but, but there again, I have the inside track on it. But now, if I, go, if I go to a mechanic or something, start looking at the car, there's a whole lot I don't, I know some things about a car, but a lot of things I don't know about the car. He has the inside track. Well, I want you to understand something. As believers in Christ this morning, considering our place in the world, considering our place in the world right now in this time in history, we've got the inside track because the Holy Spirit lives on us and we have an advantage that the world at large doesn't have. We know things they don't know. But it's like this. When you think about it, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, we're going to be looking at Ephesus here, or Ephesians this morning. The Apostle Paul is going to have a prayer that he's going to be praying. It's not the first prayer. It's the second prayer in, in Ephesians there, in the first uh, few chapters of Ephesians. And he wanted the believers to understand that they had an advantage. Now, where they were living in Ephesus, that was a seaport town. And in fact, there was a canal, there was silt in the water, and they had a special canal. And so these, these guys would come through and, and they'd spend time there. And, and it was kind of a uh, kind of like some of the large major cities in America right now. They had a lot of issues and uh, a, lot of, a lot of things that were going, that they were doing. They were involved in uh, the occultic activities, uh, the abortions during that time, same like, you know, like it is now. Uh, the terrible things. They even had a temple there. Uh, this temple was set up uh, for, for, it had different things going on in there, prostitutes and other things, but it was set up to be a refuge type city. This, uh, and the way this temple would operate, if criminals got in trouble, if they could make it to this temple, the Romans call it, you know, they referred to as, as Diana. 
But, uh, but, but that, if they could get to this temple, when they would get there, they, nobody, that was protection for them. They couldn't come in and drag them out and take them and put them in jail or put them in prison in that time. And so there were people who try to, would try to get to that temple. And uh, it was known as Artemis to the Greeks, by the way. It was uh, Diana to the, uh, to the Romans. So, so during Paul's imprisonment in Rome, he knows what's going on in this city. He recognizes that. I mean, it's, uh, his missionary journeys, he goes through, he's established a tremendous work there. And so he wants them to be strong during this time. And uh, I'm going to show you a couple of things here. During this Roman imprisonment, we're going to be talking uh, really from chapter 3 today. But in chapter 1 in this, and, and by the way, if you want a good book on Ephesians, Bob Yandian has a great book on it, uh, on the book of Ephesians. In fact, this first part here that I've got, chapter 1, 2, and 3, that came out of his book. But notice in, in chapter 1 in Ephesians, he starts talking about the main character being God the Father uh, because he's the designer of the entire plan. He's the one that, that, that knew who was going to receive Christ and who wouldn't. He gives us the free will to do so. He's the one who designed what we talked about, the, uh, the colors and things we see that we have today. All the things that we have, and we think we have so much man knowledge in it, God's knowledge was there to create whatever we have. So he was designer. And then Jesus is ex executor, or executor, I should say, of the plan. He's the one that brings it about. He's the one that redeemed us. God the Father chose us. He planned everything out for us, for mankind to know him. Uh, mankind, as we know, depart, and they come back to him uh, because of the sin in their life. But he's the one that, uh, that Jesus is the one that redeemed us. When we need to be redeemed from the sin in our life, he's our redeemer. And then we come down to the Holy Spirit here, and he's the revealer of the plan. In other words, he shows us things. That's why when you go to read the Word, it's helpful before you pick up your Bible and start reading. If you say, Lord, help me, help me see what I need to see from this today. Help me understand what I need to understand from your Word. Because he'll, he'll reveal things to you from the Word that maybe you've read 50 times, and all of a sudden that day the light comes on. Because he'll reveal it to you. He wants us to know things. He's also the one that seals us. He's the one that keeps us aware of the fact that, that we're in, uh, we're in uh, the Lord. And, and he'll stay with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Well, what's so big about the Holy Spirit? Well, really, it's the dynamics of the church. Because when Jesus left the earth, who did he turn the work over to? He turned it over to the church. Look at that person beside of you and say, you've got a job to do. <laughs> he turned it over to us because he's also the bond of unity. He's the one that unifies us and why we can have brothers and sisters in Africa or, or Sweden or wherever in the world. And, and we have that like unity because it's God who does that by his spirit. He helps us understand that. He, uh, he also is the one who gives us joy. He's the one that brings that joy to us and, and helps us to be joyful. He reminds us of what we have and it rises up. It bubbles up from the inside of us. Well, anyhow, let's get to the prayer. I could talk a lot longer on that, but we want to go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going to start reading here. In verse 13, it says, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart in any tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now to him, who, and this is the verse Pastor Brian, remember last week he closed out on this verse. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Now, 
as we begin to look at this, first of all, when, when Paul starts off talking about that, about him being in prison, he's not looking for pity. He's not looking for the, oh, we feel sorry for you, Paul. You're having uh, such a touch time, a tough time there in the prison and, and, and it's, it's bad for you. No, he wanted them to know that what he was doing, he was doing for them because he knew that they were to be guardians of the word. They were to be guardians of the truth that God had given and he wanted to inspire them. He wanted to strengthen them and encourage them and have them built up. There, there's a, I, I walked up to a group of guys, I don't know, two weeks ago. And uh, I, as I walked up to them, one of the guys looked at me and, uh, and he said, uh, he said, you have a good positive energy. And I said, a good positive energy. I said, well, he said, yeah, you're, you're, you're happy. You come in here, you, 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 you seem all built up and everything on the inside. And uh, I said, yeah, there's a reason for that, you know. I, I, I believe God every week to, to, to meet somebody new to talk to. I really do. I, uh, I, I, I want every week to give me an opportunity. Now, that doesn't mean every week I'm going to lead somebody to the Lord. It doesn't mean every week I'm But I want, I want somebody to talk to that I haven't talked to before just to encourage them, you know. If, if, if it's a place where I don't have to wear the mask, you know, some of the stores, they still want you to do it, doctor's office and things. But uh, I, I want to smile. I, I want people to know that the light of Christ lives inside me. And when he said that, he said that before we got through the conversation, he said, you, you're doing the Lord's work, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I'm doing the Lord's work. I said, he wants us to be this way. Not just some of the time, but he wants us to be this way all the time. And that, that blessed me when he did that. But anyhow, back at Paul here, he don't want him to pity him. And it, notice that he says that he bows his knee before the Father. There's a reason in ancient days, that's, and well, still some people do it, but that during that time, they would bow their knees to kings or they would bow their knees to people in authority because it would show reverence. But it was also saying that my heart, my soul, my mind, and, and, and my body is all yielded at this point to you. And so what he's doing here, he's coming before the Lord and he's bowing himself before the Lord because he wants God to know, spirit, soul, and body, Lord, I'm yours. And I want this for these people. There was a passion in Paul to see these people in Ephesus being blessed. And uh, if we think about it, when he says to the father, how many of you ever heard the expression, we're all God's children? That's pretty common, isn't it? Well, if you're talking about creation, yeah, because we wouldn't be. I mean, he's, he's the creator of life in that sense. But most people think about it, you know, when, when you say something, we're all God's children. It's their beliefs, our beliefs, your beliefs, their beliefs, you know. But that's not what's talking. When he's saying here, the fatherhood of God, he's talking about fatherhood through conversion. He's talking about fatherhood having made Jesus Lord. And so if we realize that, when somebody says, you know, we're all God's children, you need to find it in respect of what they're saying. Because we're all God's children? Not. It depends on whether or not they received God into their life. In fact, Jesus dealt with that one time over in the book of John. He looked at that bunch and he said, you're your father, the devil. How'd you like to hear those words? Now, your father might have acted like a devil, your natural father, but the heavenly father don't. He's always good all the time, always good all the time. So anyhow, I, I thought it was interesting too that in the, in the Jewish uh, tradition in that time, the Jewish belief at that time, they believed that, 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 that everybody uh, in, in heaven was called God's heavenly, you know, the upper family, that what we call the heavenly family, they call it the upper family. And, and then people down here on earth were called the lower family. They were the upper family, we're the lower family. Uh, but I don't know, I kind of have trouble with that too, because, you know, Jesus said that we're seated together, in, or Apostle Paul did, that we're seated together in, in heavenly places with him. So why aren't we upper family too? I think we're all upper family. So just realize I'm upper family, you're upper family, she upper. Look at the person beside her, say, you're upper family. And that's the last time I'll ask you to look at somebody beside of you today. All right, we'll keep going here, all right? But uh, he said that he would grant the people according to his riches and glory. I believe that every person that's, that's born again, that there was somebody in their family line or somebody that knew their family in some way 
that was praying for them, possibly like Paul was praying here. We don't, we don't just, you don't just come to Jesus because we come to Jesus. I believe there's prayers that went forth ahead of time to prepare the way for us to come to the Lord. And I thought it was interesting too that, that one translation I have, it's a Williams translation. You don't ever hear anybody talk about Williams translation. But when it talked about him that he's calling upon the Father there, he said that, that, that he would grant you according to his riches and glory. You know what the, the, the Williams translation said? He, he said that beg him to grant you in accordance with the riches of his perfect character, his perfect character. And I thought that's interesting that he put it that way. And, 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 and that he wanted that people to realize as we read this prayer here, that he's desiring a move of God in these people's lives. He's desiring that, that when Satan would try to come at them and when he would try to, to do harm to them or when he would try to mess up their life in some way or take them off track, he was praying here that they would have the strength, they would have the realization that the Spirit of God was in them and that things were going to change for their good. Yes, I'll tell them, Lord, right now. There's somebody in here and the Spirit of God just told me, he said, you've been struggling lately and you felt so far from God. It's like, you know, I mean, it's just like God's a thousand. 10,000 million miles away from you. He wants you to know that, that that's, that's, that's just the enemy trying to work at your mind. Work at your mind. Stay on the word. Read the word. Stay in, stay in what it says and you'll be all right. It's going to pass. See, the enemy can't stop us. We've got the advantage. We've got, we've got the, ins the, the inside track on the Word of God. When we read that, we know because the Spirit of God is going to guide us and direct us into that which we need for our life. So many people struggle so much and, and they have such a hard time that when the battle comes, they don't know how to deal with it. I remember one time, Brother Hagen, one of the classes he was talking about, and he was talking about healing, and he said, don't wait till you need healing to be praying about it. Go ahead and be believing God for divine health. Go ahead and be believing God that he'll help you and heal you so that when the battle comes, you're already built up on the inside and those, it'll just come out of you. Sometimes the, the Spirit of God will be working with you and you'll speak things out and, and you, you weren't even planning to speak those things. I'll never forget, I was in Canada. It was right after... Uh, 9-11, and uh, a church up there had invited me to come up and share. And I did some of that more, more, more years ago, uh, working with the church. We took teams out and did things like that. But, but, uh, but I, was, I had a prayer line, and I don't remember how many people in the line. Probably, I don't know, maybe 20, 25. They were lined up and down the front. And so I'm going through, and I'm just, you know, people praying for them. And I get to this one man and his wife, and they're standing there, and uh, they were kind of teared up. And before I knew it, I was saying, hey, that family thing's going to work out for you. It's going to be okay. It just started, whoop, just coming out of me. The situation is not as bad as you think it is. I began to give them words of encouragement. And, and then she really did begin to cry. And he did too, standing there. Well, I didn't realize it, but they were going to be leaving that very meeting, going over to a family situation that was not good at all. And they were beat down in that moment. And that was a time that just encouraged them, lifted them up. His confirmation, the Spirit of God was going to, by the Spirit of God, it was going to help them in that particular trial that they're about to go through. You see, that's when it's the best, when we don't, when, when we don't plan things. You know, we can plan, we can put notes together and things like that to teach from. But when the Spirit of God gives something out to you, you just take and accept it, lock on to it, because that's yours. It's yours. I, I don't, when, when God works in a, in a way like when I go in a prayer line or whatever, I just yield. I just say, God, I'm just here. I'm just here. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. And if God moves in such a way that I'm jumping or, or flipping or flopping or whatever, I'm, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not concerned about being embarrassed. I left that years ago. There's such a thing as, as a, a, a dirty dignity is what I'm calling it. One that'll try to keep you from getting what God wants you to have. There's times when you just lay down your dignity and go on to the Spirit of God and do what he says do. 
And then you'll be blessed. Whoever's there will be blessed. That's just the way it's supposed to work. All right, let's get back to the prayer. I am going to work on this prayer. I'm just getting to it, you know. All right, let's take a look at it. He says, they grant you to be strengthened. <clears throat> grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That's the real you, the inner man, the spirit man on the inside. If we want to have the inside track life, uh, if we want to have the inside track on a, on a spirit-filled life, then we got to be nourished. I like what uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he was a great man of God, one of the fathers of the fathers of faith, and he said, at one time I thought I had the Holy Spirit. Now I know the Holy Spirit has me. And I thought that's a good way to look at it. One time I thought I had the Spirit, but now I know he has me. That's a, a great way to look at it, as a matter of fact. Ephesians 2, 6 says, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, that he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, when we recognize the fact that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that gets us off this earthbound deal. We don't have to think about everything that's going on around us and let it just weigh us down and everything. You know what? That's one of the things I like to do when I go to sleep at night. Well, before I go to sleep, if I don't fall asleep in the chair before I go to bed. But uh, I always like to thank the Lord and, uh, and, and just say, thank you, Lord. You know, you got me through the day. You know, I'm, I, I plan on you getting me through tomorrow if tomorrow arrives. I, I like one of the, the, the people said, they said that, that a, it's a lot to do with love. They says, you know, you know, you love like there's no tomorrow, but if tomorrow comes, you love again. And that's what I look at in, in, in loving the Lord and loving him like, you know, whether tomorrow comes or not, I'm going to love him. And if it does come, I'll be here. So anyhow, as we look at this, it's strength on the inner man. What are we talking about here? We're talking about spiritual power. Paul is praying for these people to have spiritual power in their life. This strength is the word uh, kratos. And it's a demonstrated power. It's a ruling power. It's a, it's a, it's a supernatural power. It's something you wouldn't just conjure up and do yourself. And, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to get strong. I'm going to do this. You know, it's, it's not something you can do that way. But what it does it comes from the Lord now we'll tell you this the more you put into to, to, to study the more you put into time in prayer with the Lord the greater it's going to be the power will be more evident in your life in different ways and you'll see that happening but he also says here he says to be strengthened that the word strength is kratos and then he comes down with this other word might and that's different that's a it's a miraculous power it's a power but it's an inherent power it's something that's there that God places in us it's dunamis it's where we get uh, think of the word dynamite where something is explosive or maybe dynamo a dynamo you know is a, that's where it generates electricity well that's the kind of thing he's talking about for them he wants them to have lots of energy for the work of the Lord I uh Back in uh, September, I wrote it down. I, I was going to show you the clip. I thought, man, that clip's not worth it. It's only about a minute long. But in 2016, uh, a once in a 50-year time, this terrible storm came through uh, uh, Australia, South Australia there, and it messed up a lot of their infrastructure. Well, after that happened, there was a statewide blackout. And uh, as a result of that, they, they decided they were going to build a, a, a large battery. So they had uh, Tesla. Tesla to come in and, and build this battery. And this thing was, uh, it was the world's largest uh, lithium ion battery. Uh, that thing was, was massive. It was like 100 megawatts. Well, they had it built and had the thing going good. And then they decided, well, it's at the Hornsdale. I wrote it down. It's the Hornsdale uh, Power Reserve. Well, in 2020, they decided we better be beefing it up a little bit. So they beefed that thing up. And now it's 150 uh, mega. Well, if you think about that, that, they built that battery up because of the need. They want to protect itself or protect that area, that state that's in. They want to protect that state in Australia from, from a blackout ever taking them out again. Because as things grow, as cities grow, as, 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 as the need is greater, therefore they wanted more power. That's the same it is with us. As the need grows greater in our life, how many of once upon a time was not married? 
Maybe some of you still aren't. That's okay. I'm not knocking, not being married. But how many of you got married and then all of a sudden you had children? And then after children came grandchildren. Some of you have great-grandchildren. Maybe be great-great-grandchildren for all of Well, as the need comes, guess what? you got a bigger area to pray about, don't you? With each group, with each And when the child comes, oh, man, you think your whole world is to protect them and watch over them, so you're praying over them. When they come along and they have kids, you'll be praying over those grandkids. It just, it, it just goes on and on with what you're doing. He also said, too, what he's trying to get them to understand, not only, the spiritual, uh, not only the, to have the spiritual power in their man, but it also is talking about spiritual fortitude fortitude because he wants them to keep going with what they're doing. There are going to be conflicts in life to where you're going to need that. Uh, We use the term sometimes word to the wise, word to the wise. That's actually from a scriptural uh, basis where that word to the wise comes from, but we won't go into that now. But, uh, but, But there's going to be conflicts and things that we're going to need, even resisting temptations in life. I guarantee you, if we were living around the room right now, everybody here, oh, yeah, I'm tempted by this, or I'm tempted by... We all have temptations that happen periodically in our life. That's the way it comes. He wants them to be overcome trials and temptations. He wants them to overcome the, the tough times in their life and to be strong. I've got a quote here. Martin Luther King says this. He said this one time. He says, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. He used to tell his civil rights workers that. Keep moving. Don't stop. Whatever you can do, you can do. And, and, and I think that's a, that's a word to the wise, if you would, today. Why? Because we got kingdom work to do. God wants us to be about the Father's business. He wants us to accomplish things that bring him glory. Galatians 6, 9 says this. Let us not grow weary in, while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I read this story about a couple of fellows. One of them was older than the other one. And they went out to this piece of property and had an old barn on it, an old farm that, that, that was there. And uh, the younger guy, he gets to, you know, looking around, seeing what's there. All of a sudden, he picks up this well uh, bucket, like you put down the well. We go wooden well bucket. And he holds the thing up, and he says, well, shows it to the old fellow. He says, well, I guess this is not good anymore. Look at that. You can, see, you can see the sun through the cracks in this thing. Tosses it back over. Well, when he did that, the older gentleman walks over, kind of smiles a little bit, picks the bucket up. He walks over to where the old well was. And the rope's still hanging there. So he pulls the rope up. He ties that bo- bucket onto that rope and drops it down in, in the water. Don't say anything. Just drops it down in there. I think the young guy thought he was nuts for doing it. But uh, a couple days later, they happen to be back over there again. And so the old man goes over and he starts cranking up that, that bucket out of the well. And when he cranks it up out of the well, all of a sudden that bucket comes up. Water spilling out of the top, but not out of the sides. What's happened? That thing has been renewed. That, those, those, those slats in that thing swelled up to where it could contain. And that's why it's important for us. If we get dry at times uh, and, and feel like we're not going anywhere with God, let that refreshing come. Good night. Back in the 90s, the refreshing that was going on back then, there were people laughing and shouting and running and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. If you, did, if you didn't know anything about what was going on, you'd come in and you'd say, whoa, what is this? A circus in town or what? Because people were doing crazy stuff. But you know what was happening during that time? That was a refreshing. I believe with my whole heart some of the refreshing that was going on back in the 90s is what is carrying some people through the 20s. Because that refreshing was so valuable and important. A lot of them had gone through struggles and things. There were a lot of uh, churches that were being birthed and things like that. And, and, and God knew that that refreshing needed to come through. So allow God to do that. And you don't have to be at church for that to happen. You can just be at home. You ever just stretched out on the floor and laid in the carpet, just suck a little rug there for a while and let the Lord speak to you? Because he will. 
He'll do that. He wants to talk to us, and he's willing to do that if we allow him. All right. So anyhow, Paul knew that these people need to be restored, refreshed, and, and revived. And so he, he's praying for them. And from time to time, we all need a refreshing. All right. So we see here that he also said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That word dwell is an interesting word too because you know what that word means? It means to settle down, to feel at home. If you've ever been somewhere and you couldn't wait to get back home, because home is where you're comfortable. Home is where everything's set for you. And that's what it's talking about here. It's a place where your relationship with God, that permanent relationship we have, it's that relationship with God, you know, it's so, it's so comforting. And that's part of the job of the Holy Spirit, is a comforter. All right? He wants us to be at ease with him. He wants to be at ease with us. Have you ever gone somewhere and the place just didn't feel good to you, just felt kind of weird? I remember that one time. I remember, I remember the first time I ever went into a bootleg joint down south. They don't have that. We live in a dry county. They call them bootleg joints because they didn't sell any alcohol in, in stores and anything. And, uh, and I, I, I walked in that place, and I was the most uncomfortable. There were guys back in the back playing cards and stuff going on and other things I won't even go into was happening inside that place. But, uh, man, it was just uncomfortable. I didn't belong there. That was not where I was supposed to be. And when you go to places like that, you recognize, you, you, you see that this is, this is, you're not comfortable being there in those kind of places. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, he was one of the old revivalists too, old revivalist type preachers. And uh, I love what he said. This is, well, he had like 70 different resolutions that he had created. Seven, number 25 is the one I like. Listen to what number 25 said. It says, to examine carefully and constantly what that one thing in me is which causes me in the least to doubt the love of God. And so direct all my forces against it. That's powerful. In other words, whatever, whatever's coming against that love of God you have, whatever's coming against that to, to where you're, you're not feeling in God's presence, he, he, he said he'll direct his forces against that. That's why it said when he's praying here in his prayer, he says to be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted is like an agricultural term, something where the roots are going down deep, something that's solid where when the wind blows and the rain comes and the storms arrive, it's not just going to topple it over because it's rooted. Grounded is coming more like a construction, like the foundation that love is for us, for everything else, because faith works by love. If you don't have faith operating, if you don't have love operating, well, I should say it this way. If you don't have faith operating, look at your love walk. How are you doing with love? Because that's the foundation that we work from. Galatians 5, 6 in the Passion says, When you are joined to the anointed one, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. In other words, all the traditions, all the goofy stuff. You can run in here and raise your hands, do all, but if it's not coming from your heart, it, it, it matters. It says, all that matters now is living in faith that works and expresses itself through love. That's how faith works. It works through love. And he wants these people to be a people of faith. He wants them going out and praying and witnessing and doing the things that they need to do. And he knows to do that. For them to be able to do that, they're going to have to have the, the love of God at work in them. First John 4, 16 says, we have known and believed that God loves us. God is love. Those who live in God's love live in God. And God lives in them. Read about this guy too, and he was a, a worker, and he had co-workers there with him, you know. And, and so one of them went to him one day and, and said, "How you doing today?" And he looked her at him. He said, "Well, kind of burdened today." He said, "Well, you you don't look burdened." He said, In fact, I, "I I don't think you're burdened. I've never seen you be burdened before. I don't understand what you mean when you say you're burdened." He said, "Well." He said, I got so many blessings from God, I'm just burdened down, no, don't know what to do with them all. And he put a big old smile on his face. 
You say, if you're going to be burdened with something, be burdened down with the blessings of God, of how good, of how to respond and thank him enough. And then he also says here, he says, able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length, the depth and the height. Jesus' love is so massive, so expanse. Uh, we'll never, we'll never know it all. His love just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people and what nation. His love is so vast that we can't even begin to, to comprehend what it all means for us. Mark, uh, Mark 13, 31 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. That way we can always depend. We can always trust knowing that he's going to fulfill our lives with, with goodness, with wholeness, and our destiny is secure in Christ if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, and direct us in the things that we do. Do you understand this morning that, that without the Spirit of God, we don't go very far in our Christian walk? We have to have the Spirit of God working inside. There, there's people sometimes and they say, well, how do, how do I know that the Spirit of God, how do I know that he's going to show me what to do or, or lead me in my decisions? Or, well, I'll tell you how I know. Because if you trust him and you're praying, he's not going to give you anything bad. It's only going to be good. The Apostle Paul knew this when he's writing to these people. Think about this. Think of what he went through, the different things, the beatings, the whippings, and all these things. He could have easily said, oh, man, God let me down. Where were you, God? How come you didn't do this for me? Why didn't you make this happen for me? But he didn't do that. He wasn't going around questioning God about everything. He was trusting the Lord that, that he would allow those things in his life that he knew that he could overcome. God won't let things come to you that you can't overcome if you're willing to stand in faith and believe God for it because he wants you to be successful more than you want to be successful. He wants you to understand his word more than you want to understand his word. He wants you to praise him more than you want to praise him. Sometimes it's like starting an engine. You have to go out there and you just have to turn that thing over until it fires up. I mean, it's that way on the inside of us. We just keep doing it and keep doing it until we feel it happening and know it's happening and then we begin to, to, to just go on with the things of God. Have you ever noticed, too, that, that when you go, I, I'll use a car example. When, when, when you have your car, have you ever had your car aligned? They don't take that car and, and drive it inside there, and all of a sudden you hear some gigantic noise coming out of there where they're actually bending your frame. They're not doing that. They take your car in there, they drive it up on that thing, and they begin to adjust the tires, adjust the wheel, not the tires, but actually the wheels and tires. They adjust them to where they get them back on the right direction again. And that's what we do with God. He's not going to ask us just, just, to, just to go out and do some just, just crazy thing to, to, to get adjusted. He's going to adjust us. He's gentle and he loves us and he wants us to go with him. And if we'll trust him, he'll, he'll make that alignment we need to be. Some people have asked me before when they weren't getting, uh, maybe their healing wasn't coming as quickly as they thought it should. Or, or maybe they were praying about something that wasn't happening. Well, what am I doing wrong? What am I? I said, I don't know. I can't speak for you. I can ask you this. Have you done all that you know? Did you feel convicted of anything? Well, no, I've done all I need to do. Well, then don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't let your thoughts go that way. You start praising God that your answer's coming, that your answer's on the way, that whenever you prayed that already that answer had in motion things coming toward you and at you and for you and, 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 and we'll be there. Because it's easy for the enemy sometimes to try to twist our heads around and, uh, and get us to think different. So, he says here, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That was another one of the things that he brings out in this prayer. That knowledge is, is, is talking about gnosis. It's talking about, uh, it passes the knowledge of mankind. Our heads sometimes will know something that will try to hinder us from receiving what the Spirit of God wants us to have. It's, it, you know, it, it's, just, it's just a matter of us 
not allowing that thought to carry us a direction. How many of you ever gone to the doctor and, and you had a situation there and, and he came out and gave you some bad news and immediately your head started going right toward what he just said. You're accepting what he said as the end result. You're not thinking about, well, wait a minute, God's bigger than this. He can take me through this. How many of you ever gone? I'll never forget, Teresa and I, we were going through a tough time and this was years ago uh, in our finances. So we go to this financial officer, you know, and was talking to him that's supposed to be a financial counselor. And uh, so we go to this guy and he's looking at it and he tells us, he says, well, I can see some things right away you got to stop doing. And so we said, okay, well, what are the things we, we need to stop doing? He said, well, he said, you could, you could probably go ahead and file, you know, file chapter 13 if, or, or file uh, for bankruptcy if you want. And I said, nope, ain't going to happen. Pay my bills. He said, well, well, you could start by quitting this. And he points down our tithe. He said, quit tithing. He said, you, you call this a tithe? That's, that's 10% of your income uh, and plus because we were giving more than 10%. He said, we can take that and put that back on some of these bills. I said, that ain't happening either. Not going to do it. He said, what do you mean not? I was done with him. When he started telling me not do what God's word says do, I was ready. We're out of here, Teresa. I looked over her. We were gone. So we left. And you know what? We, we had already prayed about that situation. We just thought that was the right thing to do. Man's knowledge couldn't help me. But it was a short time after that, and somebody came in, and they said, hey, well, if you'll help us uh, with my mother's, uh, they had a retirement thing set, and you'd be willing to pay this much interest, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll loan you everything. Wrote me out a check right there on the spot and handed it to me just by the interest plan that they had for his mom. Now, isn't that an amazing thing? That there I was. And it consolidated our loan. We were able to bring our interest rate down. It blessed that family, and it blessed us too. See, God works that way. He'll do a double bless. It's a double whammy when God does something. He wants to bless you, but he wants to bless those that are working with you if you'll allow him to do it. And you may be sitting here right now in this congregation this morning, or maybe you're watching online, and you're thinking, man, my situation looks bad too. It's not too bad for God. It's not too bad for God. God's a big God, and he can make it all uh, work together for you. So anyhow, Passing the knowledge here. What we get into sometimes is what's called mental ascent. It's like, you know, we'll, we'll go along with something. Uh, God will speak something to our heart. And, 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 and maybe we're standing here. Maybe we're worshiping or something. We'll hear something. And, uh, and you'll agree. And, oh, yes, God, that's right. I need to do that. Or, or this should happen. And you're in agreement with it. Maybe you have an admiration that God spoke to you in that moment. But then what happens, uh, you walk out and you forget it. James talked about that. In James 1, where he's talking about, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. Because what happens if you don't act on the knowledge that you have, you're not going to get what you're supposed to get from God. But you have to be willing to do that and allow it to happen. I, uh, I saw this verse in, in 1 John 5, 20 from the Passion. I really like it. It, said, uh, it says, and we know that the Son of God has made our understanding come alive so that we can know by experience the one who is true. And we are in him who is true. God's Son, Jesus Christ, the true and eternal, or the true God and eternal life. That never gets old because He does make our understanding come alive. Years ago, uh, long before we ever got into ministry, and, and uh, we were attending a small church when Teresa and I got married, just a very small church there in the country. But she and a, a lady by the name of Sandra, she, Teresa worked for the Savings Alone at that time, and, uh, and they would get together every day. Uh, that they worked together Monday through Friday, they'd get there at the Savings Alone and they had a Bible study time. And they would sit there and they'd read the Word and study it. And, and uh, she'd picked up some books and everything. And I thought my wife had gone bonkers. I thought, what in the world is wrong with her? She's nutso. Uh, I said, what are you reading the Bible for at work? Had no concept of anything like that. But she was reading it. And I fully believe that during that time was when the Spirit of God began to 
to, to not only work in her heart, but as she prayed for me in my heart, he was, he was working behind the scenes. I was a tough nut to crack. I'm telling you, I was a tough nut to crack. She'd want to go to a Bible program, and I'd go out there and undo the coal wire on the car where she couldn't go. Now, tell me if a devil don't work in a house. And I mean, I, I, I profess to know Jesus. I was like Saul before Paul. I was this <clears throat> cold turkey mean. No, I mean, I didn't hit her or cuss her. I'm not talking about that. But I would make things difficult. She'd be trying to watch Christian TV. And I worked a uh, swing shift. I'd do different shifts. And so when she was doing that, the nights I knew she was doing it, before I'd go to work on swing shift, I'd go out and turn the antenna. We had an antenna back in those days. You remember what those were? And, and mess it up, you know. I did horrible stuff like that. But, you know, the reason I'm telling you that, why am I telling you that? I shouldn't even told you that. But, <laughs> Your, your respect level just took a tank. The reason I'm telling you that is because we can, in, in our minds, we can be messed up sometimes. But in my heart, I love my wife. I, I even love the Bible. I believe that God was true. But that God had truth in there for me. Yeah, I go to church, you know. But, but there were things like that. I was so convinced that, that, that this was not going the way. She came in and took my Bob Seger and Alice Cooper records and stuff like that, you know, that I had for a long time, you know, threw this stuff out. And I thought, this woman has gone over the cliff. But the whole time, God was using her until I was able to understand, was working through her. It was when I began to find out. I didn't know I even had a Holy Spirit. I didn't know he lived in there. I thought, Holy Spirit? I didn't hear anything about Holy Spirit at church. It was always, you know, God or Jesus, never the Holy Spirit. And the whole time, Jesus was trying to get the Holy Spirit to get me straightened out. But then after that, and thank God he did, he led to other things. And so the last thing is be filled with all the fullness of God. Folks, there's so much more he has for us, so much more. D.L. Moody said this. He said, I firmly believe that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and self-seeking and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Ghost will come and fill every corner of our hearts. I believe that too. Last week, Pastor Brian closed with this scripture, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him is able to carry out his purpose and do it superly abundantly more than, we are, than, than uh, all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, according to his power that is work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. God's a good God this morning. He loves us. I hope you got some of what I was saying about the Spirit of God because if you're born again, He's in each and every one of you. If you're born again and has asked the Spirit of God to work with you, whatever you're looking for, let God help you get it. He wants to help you. It's, it's His great pleasure to bring us pleasure in this life, and He'll do it if you'll let Him do it. I'd like for you to bow your head for just a moment. You know, normally I close with stories or something, but I'm not going to today. I'm simply going to ask you a question. If you're sitting here today and, and, and you haven't let the Holy Spirit be at work in your life, I just want to ask you, would you please do that? Would you please do that? He'll, he'll, he'll show you things to come. He'll comfort you in your times of need, but he'll, he'll lead you into things that, that 
It's like that verse right there said, we can't even understand. He superly abundantly blesses us. He'll show us things if we allow him to. And I would ask you too, if there's anyone here this morning, that maybe you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Anybody like that today that maybe you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you raise your hand while I can pray for you? If, if, if there's anyone in the room right now that needs to receive Christ, if you just raise your hand up and I'll, I'll be praying for anyone. All right, I'm looking over. All right, see, anyone else? Anyone else? All right, I'm going to pray. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus right now to bless those. And Lord, uh, as we, we, we prayed this morning, Father God, before we even, even started, prayed yesterday, even as we're doing notes and working on Lord, we were believing you that, that during this time that hearts would be receptive, that they'd recognize that the greater one lives in them. I pray for this one or others who may have raised their hand, Father God, that I didn't see in the room. I pray, Father God, that, that the blessings that you have for them will come true, Father, in every way, Lord, that they're possibly thinking even beyond what they're possibly thinking. So let's all say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. I believe Jesus lives in me because your word says that if I'll ask him, he will. So I believe with him living in me, I can accomplish great things because he will show me what I need to do to fill your destiny for my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into my heart. Never to leave. I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.